Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pixels. And, oh, hi, this is me, and <laughs> welcome to the book show. To, I know, we, I, we, I had one job. It was actually your idea to do the intro like this, and we <laughs> said it literally less than a minute ago. I know, right, it's so, so dumb. This is, the, this is the boob show over here on this side, and, and it's not as cool as the Pixels show. But uh, here's the thing. I don't know, it's pretty cool. Uh it's our E3 2018 wrap-up. How exciting. It is the annual episode of Booksels where Patrick and, and Scott join forces to discuss, analyze, uh, feel, really, all of the things that we've seen at E3. And we're super excited. It's always a great time. If you haven't heard uh, all of them, we have actually live commented Almost all of the press conferences, and they are available on the feeds. We had uh, John with us for that, John Jagger. It was great yeah. fun. Uh, people yeah. usually give us super positive feedback about those. I think the, the humor and boredom really comes across. Um, <laughs> so that that is all. There's like, I don't know, five to ten hours of content over there. But this is the wrap-up, the definitive information summary. If you want to know what was important at E3, uh, this is the episode you want to be listening to. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, when you're watching it in real time and you're kind of trying to disseminate this information and in, in the rapid-fire succession that it means to do those conferences, it's a little hard to get into the nitty-gritty and detail. So this will be nice. I, we can uh, you know, decompress some of these uh, bits and pieces that maybe we we skimmed during the conferences that have become more significant since then. So I'm yeah. very excited. It's always good. always good to do this. So the way we're going to do it, I think initially we can say our general thoughts about uh, the entire show as a whole. Then we are going to dive into each conference in, in chronological order. I think it made sense uh, this time. And uh, towards the end, we can maybe do something new that we didn't do in the previous years and decide what the game that we uh, were most impressed by was. I think a game of yeah. the show type thing could be fun. Uh, but first, let's jump into the general impressions of the conference and, well, all of the conferences uh, now that we've seen all the press conferences. What what did you think overall? Uh, Games-wise, I'm very excited about almost everything. Uh, with with some exceptions, there's some stuff missing this year, but I'm excited about just about everything I saw. I think the Sony's conference for games was amazing. I think the Sony conference for conference was kind of terrible and weird. <laughs> well, let's um, not dive into the specifics of each conference. Yeah, but just, I don't want to get yeah. into the specifics, but 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 overall, I think it was okay. Um, yeah, like at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, I've, I, I am more and more am I of the belief that everybody should just do big video showcases that are prepared and uh, pre-prepared and they run like, you know, an hour. I, I, I feel right. like if that's the future, I am all in on that future. I think, you know, this year it was uh, solid and it w there weren't any huge breakouts news or games or there were some interesting things for sure um some interesting announcements even some trailers we hadn't seen before for games we hadn't seen before uh, but there wasn't this one thing where i think everyone would agree for example last year i think anthem was that anthem was the thing where you were like oh my god this was incredible or maybe even the last of us part two but possibly even more anthem this year it's like oh yeah everyone liked something there weren't any uh new franchises that that were announced that broke the internet uh, it was just solid it wasn't bad at all uh quite the opposite there was a lot of excitement but there's not one thing that stood out uh or you know you might think about the shenmue 3 kickstarter thing which obviously is ridiculous but was a big announcement uh or the sure. final fantasy 7 remake you know those things were very loud and and uh, uh made a lot of noise and also this year conspicuously absent there was zero talk of that remake again from yeah. either square or any <laughs> other conference so if you were looking for uh what's his name with the sword cloud uh, your best chance was to see the Smash Brothers preview, and then you'd get that, to see him yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, there were some things that weren't there. Uh, we'll talk about those, I think, during each conference. But um, y you know what? Let's dive into it. The first conference from Saturday was EA, and uh, it was... I, I don't want to say it was bad. It was average. It was an average uh, a, a, a EA conference, as with the the entire theme we didn't really get anything uh that that was a standout there was a lot of things that we had seen before uh the announcement of star wars jedi fallen order was kind of awkward because it was you know in the crowd vin zampella kind of said oh and we're working on that game and it will be out next year and we'll tell you more about it next year but that's it and then they switched to battlefront 2 which has an update and is like the, the, the one you really want, it, it wasn't there. So we have more stuff in that other game that was kind of controversial, but now we fixed and please love it. Um, yeah. Battlefield was all revealed already. Um, I think there was this super awkward Command, Command and Conquer Rivals mobile game th thing that, that people didn't really appreciate because it feels like a cheapening of the franchise. Um, yeah. Sea of Solitude was kind of a, a, a surprise. Graphically, this game is kind of impressive. It's an indie title, like the indie uh, stamp of approval for EA, um, which talks about, well, solitude and loneliness and depression. And it seems like the art style reflects that sentiment in a way that only indie games can. Um, and obviously, the big things are Anthem. And I do want to talk about the Origins Access premiere and their streaming service they're working on that they uh, discussed. But yeah, Scott, what did you think about all of this? All right. So the two standouts for me were the uh, Origins Access premiere service is interesting to me. I want to I want to know more and see more and see how that turns out because I'm big on the future of subscription services with games. Uh, but the big standout for me for this conference, 100% above everything else, was Sea of Solitude, a game we didn't know about going into this. And uh, after seeing it, it was that, that was I mean it was that was pushing all my buttons. Um, I love weird games like that, and it looked weird and cool and very artistic and rad and and 
easily the most excited I am about any game they showed. That includes uh, Anthem. That includes everything else they showed. I don't really care about most of it, to be honest. I, I EA left me really bored. Um, mm. Other than hanging out with you guys, that was fun. But but the but what they actually showed outside this uh, this premiere service and Sea of Solitude just kind of. Kind of fell yeah. flat for me. Well, so we're going to talk about Anthem, and then let's go over to uh, the Origins Access premiere. But Sea of Solitude, to be fair, we don't really know exactly what the gameplay is going to be. It's just this uh, artistic feeling that really hits uh, very squarely on our feels. And if you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. It's going to be released in early 2019, so it's not coming out right now. And um, it... it feels like, an, as I said, I guess, an exploration of loneliness, which is an interesting yeah. concept that if it's done well in a video game, it could be really interesting. Um, my favorite my favorite thing in all of the, in every uh, Metroid game has been the sense of aloneness or in, in any game where I'm on my own. That I, Like Diablo, I prefer to play it by myself because I feel like it's me in a dungeon versus the world. That's a sensibility in video games I really dig on, and I got that vibe from this. So if they're bringing that to bear and even focusing on that, I'm 100% cool with that because that's kind of how I like to play. So Anthem, um, it didn't really make a big impression of, on you. It, to be honest, it didn't really make a big impression on me either. Um, I'm still very hopeful, but more nervous than I was last year, I think. Uh, and the reason for that, so first of all, release date February 22nd next year. Uh, so that's not this year. We knew it was delayed a little bit, but it's not delayed too much. Um, the thing that makes me nervous about this game is... It's the second time we're seeing it. It's coming out in, what, like nine months? And they didn't show an extended gameplay section. Uh, the gameplay session was was kind of cut as if they didn't trust it to be exciting. Maybe it's exciting when you play it. It, it doesn't view well. Um, but they didn't even let journalists play it. There were like, I don't know, maybe five journalists that were allowed to go uh, hands-on with it. And everyone else in the press presentations were watching um, Bioware employees playing the game. The, 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 that doesn't bode well for a game that is out in less than 10 months. Um, it seems, if it's because it's not done yet, it's still being, you know, uh, polished and they didn't have a lot to, uh, a, a wide area to show, sure. But the other thing that kind of worried me a little bit was that we didn't learn anything that we didn't already know, kind of. We know that you have classes-like uh, elements that are armors, and so your character can switch from one to the other, which is essentially meaning you can switch classes, which is fine. Uh, we know that you have a narrative element to the game, which is played solo, and then when you go on an actual mission, it's a multiplayer co-op um, part of the game. No PvP at launch. Uh, there's also no romance options, which are a mainstay of the Bioware games, in, you know, usually. Um, and during the video, we saw, we didn't really see loot. We didn't really see, there was very little fighting. Like, all of the fighting, the, the gunplay um, portions of the game were cut after 20 seconds. Like, you were going to another perspective or another scene entirely. The entire thing was four minutes long. And that's all we saw 
of the game. We don't know how replayable it is, how the missions work, how the, the gear system works. Like, we don't really know anything detailed about the game. The the Even the story, even the story was like, well, there's this anthem thing that you have to defend, but we don't really know what it is. And you have these scar enemies that show up, but again, you don't really know what it is. It's giving me a very worrisome Destiny vibe because Destiny ended up having very satisfying gunplay, which right. Bungie is very much known for, but Bioware isn't. So they really have to... if. The game is held by uh, the 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 narrative experience. I guess that's interesting, but traditionally these co-op gameplays that are very replayable are held by their uh, you know their gameplay, their gunplay, and we didn't really see that. So I'm not saying it sucks. I'm just saying I'm worried by the way they presented it. Yeah, it feels like they could have named this game in this particular conference. Could have named it Echoes of Destiny. <laughs> because i'm yeah, basically same vibe of like what do you do what is this how is this how does it work now one of the things destiny did finally at launch destiny one and two carries the song as well is incredible shooting mechanics right. maybe the best in the industry like really really strong stuff you'd expect that from bungie not a huge surprise there i don't know if i saw that here at all I think what i saw is a lot of locking a lot of locking on a lot of sort of area of effect which i'm into in, in terms of you know diverse mechanics but I didn't get a feeling about where this lands on the skill scale, you know, any of that. So, so the minute to minute gameplay is still a mystery and that's, that's a bummer. We yeah, need to know more. Yeah. And, and the, the real bummer part is the fact that this is the last presentation of the game we're going to get probably, uh, unless they do something at, at Gamescom, but it's unlikely. Um, and so this is the last chance we get to really see the game. Uh, and, and again, they might do a press conference, a private one later, and it might happen. But yeah. to me, when you are really confident in your game, you show it more. So right. anyway. I, uh, I, I 100% agree with that. I don't, yeah. I don't know. That whole conference had a sense like that across it. There's a lot of sort of, hey, this is a thing. Wait, how does it work? doesn't matter. Moving on to the next thing. Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so they didn't announce they are working on a streaming service, which, by the way, Microsoft is working on as well. And uh, Ubisoft president Yves Guimau said that was coming. Uh, and that the thing that it made me think about is if they, if a publisher has a streaming service, then it means they don't need a manufacturer anymore. They don't need the console because they can implement that streaming service on any device. So you don't need to go through the console gateway to get to your uh, to your customers. And that was a really interesting take on the streaming services. But we're not there yet. The, the thing that is coming very soon is the Origins Access Premier service, which is a subscription service. It's going to cost about a hundred bucks a month. Uh, I'm sorry, 100 bucks a year, um, more expensive if you pay per month, and it gives you access to basically all of the EA games. It's available on PC. I don't know if it's coming to Xbox One, but it's available on PC. A lot of people's reaction was, oh, great, another subscription service. But if you like at least one of the EA games for the year you're already paying for half of that amount anyway. If you like two games, you're paying for more than the yearly amount anyway, and you get all of the other bonuses with it, uh, so you can just pay for it for a year. I think it is not that much of an, uh, uh, you know, too expensive service. And even if every developer starts doing this, let's say you buy one game a month, that is, yeah. you know, 60 bucks a month. That pays for about roughly six 
subscription services and you get all of the games. I think those yeah. things might be more interesting than people realize. I do too. They're not doing hundred percent on this. They're not doing the math in their heads. They need to, if they really think about it, if there are two titles that you're going to get from EA in a year, you're, you've already paid for it. And then some yeah. like you've already yeah. done it. So if you don't, if you never buy, if you've got some kind of rule about never buying a single EA game, <laughs> then don't get their subscription service. I agree. But, but if you're getting games cause you like games and you, and you feel pretty good about a certain publisher's service, cause they've got at least two coming out you're into you're set, man. Plus others that you maybe didn't catch catch before because you're like, eh, maybe I'll check into battlefront two now that it's sort of cleaned up and whatever. And, and yeah, exactly. More value. Like you, you'll just keep finding value there, but at a base minimum, two games, you're ahead of the game. Yeah. So, so and you cool. get, you know, for example, the Sea of Solitude thing, you can check it out. You get Anthem. Like when Anthem comes out, if it is the big game that it's promising to be, a lot of people are going to be buying it. Just pay a little bit more, get the yearly service. Sure, you're not going to keep the game if you end your subscription after a year, but chances are the next year there are also going to be one or two games that you're going to want to check out. So obviously this is for people who buy a lot of games. It's not everyone. It's not every gamer. Some people are more casual. But I think there's a big section of the gaming populace that might be, uh, you know, for whom this might be more financially uh, viable than actually buying the games. So I don't yeah, know. I guess we'll I agree. see. I agree. They'll make their money on the people who... But pay for it and forget to play it and i mean they, oh it's, yeah it's a of win course across the board it's like it's it's a model that works we do it with netflix and a million other things there's this is just a no-brainer so i am very interested in it i wish i was more jazzed about their offerings this year because that would help me even be more jazzed about a subscription but i think there's enough there to get excited yeah i mean next year star uh, anthem and star wars so there you yeah. go yeah um, all right, let's move on to Microsoft, and Microsoft had a pretty solid showing. Uh, it was really games, 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 and there was a lot of them. Um, the issue is not many of them are exclusives, and they absolutely acknowledge this. I mean, first of all, standouts, they showed, they opened with Halo Infinite, um, which we know nothing about, but it's a new Halo title. They are, uh, uh, working on with a new engine that looks amazing. I think the theme for new engines and graphics uh, this year is view distance. Every new engine had incredible view distance. You could see like as far as your eye could take you. It was quite incredible. Um, and then the other thing was, I mean, Crackdown felt eh, it's releasing February 2019. Gears of War 5 is releasing, uh, is releasing in 2019 as well. And that one seems to be taking a different uh, approach to Gears of War, a little bit less uh, dude bro-y, which was something I didn't really appreciate about Gears of War 4. I felt it was very samey to the previous games. This one seems like it's growing up a little bit, which uh, is what I appreciate about games like Tomb Raider and, and God of War, um, a, a bunch of other games we can get to, but the big news, I think, was, aside from the fact that they're also working on the streaming service, um, and that they mentioned the next console, by the way, that was a bit weird, they just mentioned it, but they're saying we're working on it, uh, the big thing was, obviously, they bought a ton of studios, like five studios that they outright purchased uh undead labs the initiative it's a studio that's internal uh playground games uh which 
does Forza, Ninja Theory, which did Hellblade, Compulsion Games, uh, which did We Happy Few, and those are now going to be churning out exclusive games to the Xbox One. Super great news. That is absolutely what they needed to do. The one issue is that's not going to bear fruit until at least next year if those studios had already something they were working on, and the year after that, if they take time to develop a game from from yeah, it's a build, it's a building year. It's like when yeah. a team loses a bunch of players and they've got to figure out what their plan are for the next season. They're not going to win the championship. They just need to start building what could potentially win a future championship. That's where they're at. Uh, but I mean, I, they bought five studios. That is super no, strong. That's segment. huge. No, no, no. Yeah. That what that tells me is that they are dead serious about uh, about what's next. Like they're that is them showing their hand and saying oh you thought we were kind of losing interest or Sachin Adela maybe wasn't thinking we were going to do xbox as much or spin this off or whatever and, and this is the opposite of that this is this is hunkering down investing in the future investing in titles like this is a big deal uh, for microsoft and i'm very excited about what it could mean you know, uh, they also have a Game Pass, by the way, the Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it is currently uh, the six months um, code on Amazon is half price. So if yeah. you buy it now, you get access to the entire library of first party Xbox games until the end of the year. That seems mm-hmm. like a, it's it's 30 bucks. So it seems like a pretty good deal. I think I might do that and, and plug my Xbox back in just just because. <laughs> Um, if I had an Xbox One, I would absolutely do this in a heartbeat. I think it's a great service. I, ho- I was really hoping Sony would respond with one of their own. I'm, they're in a position of leadership where they don't really have to react that way. But uh, I, I wish it would have done that because I'm, I'm into this idea. I'm not so much into streaming game services, not really into that at all, actually. But the idea of a subscription that lets me just download a game and play it proper, I'm into that. And I think they yeah. are really smart to do that. I think the screaming, uh, the screaming, the streaming thing is not going to be really viable uh, for every for many people until the infrastructure gets updated, and that's going to take a little bit of a time, uh, a little bit of time. But the subscription is available now for everyone. I'm actually surprised. Uh, uh, well, we can talk about Sony later, but they have too many games for this to be financially interesting for them. Um, yeah. So a lot of other games that I mean, aside from the Halo announcement, Gears of War, which looks. Really good. Again, uh, Crackdown 3, a little bit more. Eh. I mean, Ted Cruz yelling in your ear is great, but it's kind of, I'm not sure I want this as the main attraction of a game. We'll have to see more when they finally show us more. Um, Forza Horizon 4. Forza always looks great. It's in Britain this time. Uh, It's coming October 2nd. Uh, And aside from that, they had Sekiro, uh, a game from From Software, which is like Japanese medieval times uh, setting. Devil May Cry 5, which is, you know, a highly uh, acclaimed series. Uh, a game like Tunic, which is kind of an isometric Fox Zelda kind of thing. And the mic drop... my game of that particular <laughs> conference is that, by yeah. the way. It's the one I care about the most, which tells you a lot about what I like to play. <laughs> well, I, so I, I want to hear more about uh, what you liked from the conference, but the mic drop was Cyberpunk 2077, uh, Absolutely amazing game from, oh well, amazing looking game from uh, CD Projekt Red, of course, developers of The Witcher 3. Uh, highly anticipated game, amazing setting. It looked like it was very respectful of the, of the uh, uh, original material. Really a mic drop for the conference. The problem is all of those games I just mentioned 
are going to be available on multiple platforms, so they're not Microsoft exclusives. Still, very exciting. Tunic might be a, a, an exclusive, but... Um, it looked like Tunic uh, was, a, at, at the very least, a Xbox launch exclusive, if I'm not wrong, and right. all, but also a... On PC. A simultaneous PC thing, yeah, which right. is where I'll probably play it, but yeah. That game so, looked great. Yeah, so out of those, I mean, what did you like? Obviously, Tunic, but... I liked a lot. I mean, like I, I, I used this comparison yesterday on a couple of shows, including us on our live uh, coverage of Sony I, of the Microsoft conference. They are really they made they they showed us a lot of really great meat and potatoes kind of games, games that you know and you love and you want to play and that's great, uh, and you're familiar with them. And in some cases, third party, but even their first party stuff, it was like, yeah, I know this, I could get into this, and then. They, but they don't do anything crazy. There's nothing out on the limb. They're not taking artistic risks. Um, I think there's room for that in the future. These investments l- will lead to that. But right now, it's just very, you want Gears of War? Here's Gears of War. You want a t- a Halo tease? Here's a Halo tease. Driving game? Got you covered. Like, it's very traditional Microsoft meat and potatoes kind of conference. Um, you know, I want weird fish. I want strange uh, vegetables. I want uh, my, my particular case to get get handled better over at, at, at Sony. On the one hand, Microsoft says you, want a, says you want a burger, and I'm like, yeah, I like burgers. Sony says, do you want a weird fish that if you don't cook it long enough, it'll kill you? Yeah, I do want that. <laughs> I want to try weird things, and Sony does that for me. So so that, that analogy aside, um, I think it is a little weird that my, my biggest kick came from that Tunic game. I, I just adore that kind of thing. And I'd love, it's not just a retro thing for me. It's a, it's this detailed minimalist world and, and destructible environments looked really cool. And, and, you know, I, I don't know what the gameplay is much beyond, well, it sort of looks like an older Zelda game or whatever. It looks like it plays like one chopping down trees and fighting enemies and all that. I just know that that's one I would spend a ton of time in. Whereas something like AAA giant Gears of War four five rather, I just can't be bothered. It just I'm, I'm I guess I'm just worn out on that kind of stuff. Mm. It's like ah, giant dudes in the suits shooting the guns, and there we go, there's an alien well, here. I mean, that's why in this case, uh, Gears is interesting because it's taking a different approach. You're playing first. You're playing a, a woman, a female character. And it seems like that character is the main protagonist and you're going on a rebel kind of narrative adventure. Uh, I wonder if the gameplay is going to be changed as well. But I think this might be the Gears of War that departs from the formula enough that it's going to be interesting. But um, Yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, I hope so. It did seem a little more self-serious than usual, which I am not sure how yeah. I feel about that yet. Um, I, I, that I can, at the end of that, all it could be, oh, this is a maturing, a maturing of this game series. Yeah. Or I could look at it and go... All right, just calm down. Everybody taking yourself too seriously. I can't tell yet how I feel. Um, So we're going to move on, but do not be fooled. There were a ton of other games in this conference, and surely some of them you enjoyed and we didn't mention. Uh, There was, I mean, uh, uh, things like Metro Exodus that was shown again, uh, Captain Midnight, which is a don't nod uh, joint. Uh, There was... Jump Force, an anime from the Jump Magazine uh, thing. There was DLC for Cuphead, Dying Light 2, Battletoads, uh, Session, which actually is a console exclusive, a skate game. They, they showed The Division 2, Tales of Vesperia remake. Uh, what else? Like They showed Fallout 76, Kingdom Hearts 3, which, by the way, was at every single conference it felt. Um, yeah. 
the, the silly Gears Pop game and Gears Tactics uh, coming to mobile. Gears Pop and, and Gears Tactics are coming to mobile. Uh, I feel like I the one that hit me the most was maybe aside from Gears of War 5 is Cyberpunk 2077, of oh, which I want to know more and we didn't see anywhere else. So. Yeah, nobody else showed it. It was, and, we, and like you said, we you know this is a CD Projekt Red thing, which means we'll end up with it on PC and like you know yeah. it'll be everywhere. But very, I mean, these are the Witcher people, everybody. For those who not knowing who that is, uh, this is their long-awaited, much talked about, forever not seen cyberpunk game that looks. Uh, I just, it's so thick and rich. I cannot wait to dive into that. Like that is my jam, one hundred percent. So. Yeah. They, they can just do the show. It was a really good, really strong yeah. ending. They can just do a uh, future cyberpunk setting Witcher three that's slightly improved, and you're golden. So, oh, I'm hundred percent golden. I'm beyond golden. I'm the golden child at that point. Well, uh, let's see if Bethesda is also the golden child. Basically, there were a lot of announcements. Usually, I mean, in the past couple of years, Bethesda did something really cool, which was we have one bit game. It's available this year. Thank you very much. Good night. Uh, this is not what they did this this time. They had uh, a lot of discussions about a lot of games. Rage 2 is coming spring 2019. Uh, Fallout 76 is coming this year, November 14th. There will be a beta before uh, it launches. We still don't know any everything about this game. It's going to be uh, entirely online, even though you can play solo. Um, Rage 2 was a bit more exciting than I anticipated. I think I'm very curious to see what happens there. Uh, but they also announced Doom Eternal, which is a sequel to 2016's Doom. Um, we'll see more of that at QuakeCon in August. They announced, uh, they teased really, Starfield, which is their big next franchise. It's a space ex- space game, like it's a science fiction thing single player science fiction role-playing game todd howard's next big pet project he's been working on for years yeah and we saw nothing about this it was just a teaser and same with uh, elder scrolls 6 very small teaser all of these we're probably not going to be seeing until at least next year probably many years in the future in the case of those last two they announced a bunch of other things uh Expansion for ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, and Elder Scrolls Blade on mobile and VR, uh, Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot in VR, Prey in VR, uh, Wolfenstein The Young Blood, which is really cool, coming out, uh, well, it looks really cool, coming out 2019, it's uh, set in the 80s, and you play BJ Blazkowicz's Twin Daughters, um, the new Colossus is coming on Switch, bunch of stuff, what did you enjoy in that conference? Uh... A lot of it, like again, game games wise, uh, across the board, loved everything about that conference. Uh, the presentation was weird, and, and Todd Howard is really the highlight because he knows how to work a stage. But that aside, game wise, um, very pleasantly happy and surprised to hear that Fallout seventy six sounds like a Fallout game I want to play instead of one that I was going to have to avoid. Uh, he made a very big point about this can be played solo. You can do the things you like to do in the Fallout game. You can do your quests and advance your character and get your gear. And, you know, it's a it's an RPG, but it's got this other aspect to it. Now that I know I kind of have options, I'm, I'm way more intrigued. So all in on that. Going to play that this year for sure. Uh, D- uh, Doom, I'm excited about Doom sequels. I'm excited about all that stuff. I think Rage 2, though, is probably my game of the show. Oh, okay. uh, of, their, of their event because it speaks to me on a million levels um, 
This is Avalanche Studios, who made the much underappreciated Mad Max open world game in 2015, right around the launch of the film. This really seems like that game on steroids. It's the I. I mean, I really do believe the rumors that the movie yeah. franchise is currently wound up in a bunch of legal problems. Because yeah, and they, they were, were developing the second one, and they had to stop, and so they switched. It yeah, they to had to stop. Game. So they got all these assets, all this stuff, just sitting there. And if if they struck a deal where Bethesda's like, I mean, I don't know how that worked because Warner Brothers technically would own the stuff, but who knows? But uh, you know, them coming along and saying, "Well, all right, you guys want to do Rage 2? and and them jumping on board like this makes me very excited. So between that and Just Cause 4, both from Avalanche, I'm very excited about my Avalanche favorite games because I really like both those games a lot. But Rage 2 looks amazing. It looks visceral as, as crap, but also uh, just super interesting. And I love post-apocalyptic freaking Mad Max worlds, and I'm all in. So yeah, zero, zero doubt I will own that game. Can't wait. Yeah, me too. Um, it's spring 2019, though, so it's a little bit of a long ways off. Uh, yeah. But but the the feel of the game looked really cool. It was like it was owning up to its name. It was really rage and it was crazy and fast and and uh, intense. And mm -hmm. I think that's going to be interesting to see how it works out because that was it. It looked even faster and crazier than Doom, which yeah was is saying something. Uh, Doom Eternal. Note oh, about sorry. that. The reason that I'm most excited about Rage 2, because Rage 1 was a big disappointment across the board for a lot of people. Graphically, it was cool and had some neat tech and everything. Kind of the last hurrah for John Carmack before he left and went to Oculus. Um, but what they did with Doom earned my trust in Bethesda with id properties. Right. Uh, Quake's an unknown still, but but in, in the case of Doom, that shouldn't have worked out so well, and it did, and it worked in spades, and it was amazing. So I think they can do what they did for Doom and do it for Rage in, in a way that makes, you know, just completely redeems the series. I'm very excited. Uh, Doom Eternal, obviously very curious about. I loved the one from a few years ago. Um, I'll wait to see more. Wolfenstein, The Young Blood, I think I didn't mention it's a co-op game. Um, yeah. So you can play, you know, two people together, co-op. So I'm curious yes. about that. I, I think the thing, I know it's, you know, it's weak, but I think the thing I'm most excited about is Starfield because a Bethesda space game, um, I mean, it's between that and Elder Scrolls Six, which it's, you know, the, the oldest trick in the book. You show me a name and a, a, a couple of images and I'm like, oh my God, they're doing something. But... <laughs> I think that is has nestled into my heart and is cozily uh, uh, resting there for the next few years when they keep yeah. teasing those things and we don't see anything of the games for years and years. Hundred hundred thousand percent agree. I just it's impossible for me to like. I'm sure that 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 sci-fi game will be the biggest jam of my life when it hits. I'm so excited about it, but they just we don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. I know. We have a logo, and I'm not even sure that'll stick. <laughs> um, no. All right. Well, next is the Devolver Digital Conference, which I think you didn't watch, right? No, I skipped it. I, I was, I had to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah, honestly. that's that is. I mean, Devolver was last year. They debuted, debuted, debuted their yeah, conference. Debuted. debuted their conference, um, and they are like the anti establishment publisher which their conference if you if you haven't seen it before it's 
making fun of every other conference in a super edgy way. And personally, I have a big problem with people who try to be edgy and who yell, I'm edgy in your face, which is essentially what this conference is doing. Um, I understand the humor of it, but what really bothers me is that they're they're presenting and portraying themselves as we're not like all of these other companies that throw marketing in your face. We're original and authentic, which really is just another form of marketing. You know, it's right. it, that is the image they're projecting, and it is just as artificial as every other conference at the show. So that mm -hmm. kind of rubs me the wrong way. That being said, I understand why it's fun. I understand what why people enjoy it. Um, there were very few games presented. It was really just a, a branding effort. Um, I think it was less cringy and annoying than last time. There was this really weird and fun moment where they introduced the loot box coin, which is an actual coin you can go and purchase for 150 bucks on their site. And they presented it as... It has no set value. We don't know what it's for. We don't know how much it will be worth. You can't do anything with it, but you can buy it on our website and they actually sell it. So, I mean, in the context of the presentation, it was kind of fun. Um, the, the, the overarching story of those conferences where the, present, the, uh, the, uh, the host died at the end of this time and they sort of reanimate her as a Robocop type uh, uh, character at the end, like in a post-credit scene. And that, that was kind of fun. Um, but the games themselves didn't really impress me all that much. And as I said, the marketing part of it felt a bit... Uh, you know, it, we're going to be talking about the PC gaming conference in just a bit, but the PC gaming felt like what Devolver was trying to convey. It was more earnest and uh, uh, authentic than what Devolver is doing, yelling at the other conferences that they suck. So, yeah, anyway. this is them, though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why they actually do it. I, I guess uh, it's, it's their it's their shtick. It's their thing. It's their shtick. But I don't even know why they. I don't know. They they make some cool little indie games that I've enjoyed. I just don't think of them as like, can't wait to see them on stage talking about stuff. Like, well, that's why they do it. That's they have to to artificially make their voice louder, and that's a good way of doing it. It's great marketing. That's but you know, yeah, it is. I guess it is. Notice I, like I didn't might... mention a single of their games. <laughs> I know you didn't. I mean, my friend Pedro, <laughs> like the the banana shooting thing, was kind of interesting. Uh, but uh, anyway, I mean, if it's your thing, you know th about those games already. So, yeah. Uh, all right, that's it for Devolver. Sorry, if if you love Devolver, good on you. Yeah. Um, by the way, they make great games. Oh Ruiner, yeah, absolutely. Dungeon, Broforce, Shadow Warrior, Absolver, uh, Hotline Miami, Serious Sam. You know, they they publish cool games. Talos Principle, even that one's super cool. I guess like there I, I wasn't like, any games at that conference that caught my eye like those ones did. So Right, right, right. So it keeps them in the front of your brain, and, and they also were edgy, and then I guess the kids, yeah. I, someone likes that. Oh, many people do. Know. It's just it rubs me personally the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, all right, Square Enix. Uh, that was, I think, the most disappointing one of the entire <laughs> the entire show. I'm not sure exactly why, because it wasn't so much less new information than, say, Sony. But I guess the games that were presented 
at, at Sony were more impressive and exciting. Here we had things like uh, almost everything we already knew about. We had already seen some of the things were already out. Uh, there were two interesting things. Babylon's Fall, a plat platinum game that's coming out in 2019, which we didn't see anything about. It was just they're publishing a platinum game. Okay, cool. And uh, The Quiet Man, which was a weird live action slash uh, computer graphics mix of a trailer. Uh, we'll get more info in August, but the 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 vibe of it was interesting. It was this man that was walking in the alley and beating people up without with like without making a sound it was yeah. kind of weird but i kind of dug it other than that you know shadow of the tomb raider uh octopath traveler just cause cause four coming out december 4th by the way kingdom hearts 3 which many many people are excited about uh january 29th 2019 we are collectively not into this game so it's just our thing. Dragon Quest 11 coming to the West. Uh, we yep. knew that was happening, but they talked about it again. Um, yeah, it was. I think it was disappointing. Yeah, and then didn't they mention a bunch of Dragon Quest uh, re, uh, re release stuff? Like the, the other Japanese games that never made it to the states are coming also. Did, or they? did I misread that? Oh, I thought I there was something where they were saying, "Hey, you're gonna get the old ones too if you want them." Or there's well, they already came out on on 3ds. So I could be confusing it with maybe it's um, other games. I'm not sure. Oh, you know what I'm confusing? I'm confusing it with Kingdom Hearts because they're doing that three for one. Oh, right, 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 right. PlayStation Pro. The that's what I'm Kingdom mixing. Hearts 1.5, 2.5, and and 2.8 global remix prelude. Like that's literally the title. Sounds like that. Yeah, but, that's uh, yeah. Japanese title. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anything tickled your fancy? Uh, I just was bummed not to see the Avengers game. Like, come on, what are yes, you doing? Yes, that was uh, the biggest bummer of the entire show. I agree. Uh, also, uh, not, just nothing. Not that I even care about this game, because I kind, of, I kind of don't, but I just want to see their follow-through. But that remake of uh, Final Fantasy VII, just like no hide or hair of that. Yeah, we didn't um, hear about this at all. It's like, almost conference. like the theme of the entire E3 is everybody had gaping holes of mm. things they didn't mention, which just is weird to me. I'll write down to Nintendo today. They all had something they didn't say that yeah. it seemed obvious to talk about or to mention or to at least show something, and and nobody did. It's really weird. Um. But. Yeah. So I guess that's uh, Square Enix. I mean, some of the games are going to be interesting. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is more Tomb Raider, but that's cool. Just Cause Four looked pretty crazy. Again, insane view distance in that new engine they have. Octopath Traveler is interesting to some people they confirmed again that near automata is coming uh, later this month to xbox so some people like that captain spirit is again that weird don't nod thing where you play a little kid that thinks he's a superhero but really his life sucks and that you know don't nod is pretty good at conveying those sort, sorts of uh intimate emotion type of uh, uh experiences so cool stuff but just not i mean okay stuff not incredible stuff right a disappointing conference in my yes yeah. uh ubisoft ubisoft had a pretty good conference i think uh it was very classical ubisoft you didn't have anything incredible there wasn't a mic drop like beyond Google and evil 2 last year um actually they showed another trailer for beyond good and evil 2 which 
that really annoyed me because mm-hmm. we know that the game is kind of being half kickstarted and and created by a lot of people around the world. They even have a collaboration with Hit Record by uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, his company, um, yeah. which, by the way, the people working on that are being compensated. So there was a big controversy about that. But they showed a trailer, super polished CG trailer, again, like last year. And the the gameplay bits were so almost non-existent. And what we saw a few weeks ago was very, very rough. So I'm like, stop working on gameplay, on, on trailers, on CG trailers. Work on the game. I know it's not the same people. They probably have outside people doing that. But um, right. um, So that The Division 2 has a lot of learnings they had from the first one coming out March 15, 2019. Um, and, and then the other two things which I, think, which I think impressed us, there were a lot more, like Trials Rising, uh, Mario and Rabbits, Diddy Kong, Donkey Kong Adventure is coming, you know, June 26th. Transference, that weird thing with Frodo is still happening. <laughs> uh, coming out this VR horror thing coming out this fall. Uh, the Crew 2 for Honor is free for the starter edition for a week. So go get that. There's a Siege mode coming uh, later this fall. Starling, I mean, I, I could mention all of them, but Skull and Bones, that pirate game, I think was really impressive to you. And then Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, set in ancient Greece, uh, won all of us over um, with its presentation, which admittedly, it's pretty much Assassin's Creed Origins in Greece, which is enough for me, I think. But uh, yeah, so solid, yeah. but not incredible. What? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it didn't... Not, there wasn't anything announced, but partly because of leaks and stuff, like we mentioned. But some of that stuff just, you know, there was no, like, ooh, big surprise from from Ubisoft. But everything looked solid to me. And as I mentioned in our live thing, I like that they're backing games that had rough starts and are now finding their legs. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege is a game like that. For Honor is like that. And they're showing long longevity uh, commitment type stuff, which is goes a long way with me. Um from developers i feel like it's a it's a blizzard trait and i think it's a smart trait for game publishers and developers to 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 get in and do that to get to make a game just really go for it even if things are rough in the beginning so i like that um the assassin's creed game looks looks great i don't know how i feel yet about them going year and year on year again we'll see uh it looks beautiful though uh, I mean, the, yeah, the... I guess all showing across the board, everything looked really good at, at Ubisoft. And I, I, I mean, they're probably my favorite publisher outside of first party Nintendo or I don't know, I guess Blizzard would be another one, but I really like them as a, as a, as a mega publisher. I feel like they are making really cool stuff. And they were, and, then, and that and bones look rad. I should mention that real quick. Cause I'm very excited about that game. Yeah, really what good. I mean, it, it, they kind of sold a pirate game to me, which mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to be excited about, but <laughs> um, they kind of managed. And I, I, I mean, I'm still not the biggest fan, but it looks interesting. You are uh, essentially the captain of your ship, and you're the only person controlling the ship. It's a multiplayer ship battle thing where you don't have to play multiple crew members on your ship. Um, so it, it's you're in control of everything that happens. You can have different ships. You can uh, equip them with different accessories and items and stuff. And you have to uh, plan your attack for the 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 
the thing you want to attack and find it and then approach it the right way. Um, it it felt like they managed to make a solid game out of that premise, which I wasn't sure they were going to manage uh, to achieve. Yeah, so. I mean, they where the difference for me, I said this on the DLC podcast, I'll just repeat it here. What they did there is they they sold me because I, what I don't want to do in a pirate game is have me be in charge of driving while someone else is in charge of shooting while someone else is in charge of bailing water or whatever all the stuff is you're going to do in a pirate scenario. What I want is the ship is the character and I control every aspect of it. So I am, you know, moving it, turning it, firing, telling it when to fire, controlling camera. That's the game I want. And that looks like what they're making. It's it's in the the antithesis of what Sea of Thieves is in that regard, and so that's way more interesting immediately uh, for me because then it's more of a shooter. I can I can focus on what I need to do and not worry about other people slacking or blowing the deal for me, and that's much more interesting to me. So even yeah, even though this is a multiplayer kind of effort, I uh, you know I'm all that's about me. I'm the ship. Become the ship. Yes, I agree. But it's also a shared world where obviously you can play together to take down, you know, menaces. But mm -hmm. at any point, it seems you're, the, the people sailing the high seas with you can turn on you and, you know, sink your ship to get your booty. Um, mm -hmm. Which, it's great because that's how the world is supposed to work in reality. But very often it means that what actually happens in the games is it's very frustrated for the people who aren't so much into PvP type experiences. And because you get, you know, the thing you spent the last half hour trying to get, well, someone shot you down and uh you don't have any more. So right. I don't know. I uh, I'm yeah. yeah. I'm it, it, there's questions about it, but man, it just is such a realized place like it just feels so detailed and that's true pirate. it's just so piratey in the right ways for me <laughs> not not pirates of the caribbean but part pirate just like real pirates like black thought flag taken to a new level it's it's one of my favorite things they showed um we didn't talk too much about the division um they talked about it a lot obviously there there's going to be raids you have like different classes now you have uh well a lot of dlc which is going to bring uh content for the game regularly it seems like that game could be i didn't quite get into the first division uh even though no. it, it's kind of a game that was designed for me um but it seems like this one might be a pretty good you know, let's say Anthem doesn't work to replace Destiny, which is sinking, well, in interest. Although the new expansion is apparently doing a lot of things that the fans want. I haven't played for almost a year now. Well, six months. So I don't know. But maybe the Division has an opportunity to slide in there and, and provide that kind of enjoyment. Um, it just seems like it's one of many now, whereas it was just one of two before. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I liked the first time I played it quite a bit. I had some complaints. Um, I, what I I mean I always look what I want from these games is cool multiplayer, but I want a great PVE 
solo experience if I can get it. Yeah. And if the second game supports that more than the first did, then I will probably get way into the division two. Um, I like what they're, I like the story they're telling. I think that trailer they showed is super interesting. It was, it was a later conference though, wasn't it? Um, mm, no, it was, it was that one. Was it that one where the camera kind of panned through the city and you saw everything from the safe camp to, and the girl with the airplane and all that, the little paper airplane. Yeah. That, 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 that was the one. Yeah. Okay. It, it, that it is set all very the right cool. tone. Let's say it set it the really right tone. Yeah. It did, and the gameplay demo had some neat strategy going on that the first including, game lacked. including the uh, Ubisoft patented uh, real fake team chat, <laughs> yeah, which irks I think everyone on the internet. I it think really it's does. They, I, I want to say the first time they showed the division, that was a thing. That's where it started. I want to say, yeah, and then it just. And they do it, I just go, you guys, freaking stop it. <laughs> it's okay. I think it's okay. But uh, There's a joyfulness uh, about Ubisoft's conference in general that I really uh, like. And so um, yeah. they're the happiest of the, of the shows, in my opinion. That's very true. You know, you could feel, you mentioned it during the live coverage, you could feel that Vivendi is not threatening to hostily, hostily take them over anymore. And they had these weird, like, just dance panda marching band routine. The, there were a bunch of weird things like this that oozed joy. It was just just joy. Um, yeah. Starlink, that Toys to Life thing with the ships you can put on your controller, is getting a Star Fox uh, uh, character on Switch, which I guess people are going to want to check out for that. But we didn't talk about Assassin's Creed at all, or just a little bit. Uh, you can play either a male or female character, Alexios or Cassandra. It's coming out October 5th, another game that's coming out before um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, and you can have multiple dialogue choices now, which is they're going full, full, uh, you know, Witcher 3, people say, or Bioware. Uh, game maybe more Witcher 3 um, and it just looks like you have the eagle mechanic that you had from Odyssey it's really a, a refinement of Odyssey which I guess is their their MO now they're going to be doing uh, every other year a TikTok cycle kind of thing every other year an imp a, a improvement of the one that came before and then maybe the next one is going to be an entirely different setting or even engine or stuff like that um, sure or system rather than engine, I suppose. Right. But yeah, you you play a Spartan. You are in the middle of Greece. I don't know how they're going to make work playing. I think you're playing before uh, Balak from Origins, which is supposed to be the Origins, but I'm not sure. Uh, because yeah. yeah, Balak played like towards the end of uh, like 50 BCE and this was 250 BCE. So it's like Origins, Origins. But still, doesn't matter. It looks, you know, Greece, ancient Greece holds a very space, special place in the Western culture's heart because it's our um, origins, maybe even more in Europe than the US. I guess you have your Wild West mythology. Um, and <laughs> we do. It's all we've got. <laughs> we don't have anything else cool like well, that. But I you also come from You also come from Europe, so it's your origins as well. But um, Sure, sure, sure. But uh, growing up, I mean, Greek mythology greek everything was i mean that was the bomb and mm. so it's it's really the i mean it, it, i used to play those caesar games like crazy back in the day they're right. like top down city builder things and this just feels like i get to go down inside there now like <laughs> oh, it's All gonna right. be 
I was actually kind of down on the idea of a second Assassin's Creed two years in a row again. And then I saw it and I went, oh, this is all right. I mean, yeah. they don't have hoods, though. It's a little weird, dude. No hoods. <laughs> no animus. No mention of animus at Rough all. Ones, yeah. Fine with me. Fine with me. But it's just, a you know, feels like they're maybe taking us down the Witcher road a little more hardcore than they than we thought. Well, so that's exciting indeed. Uh, next, the uh, award for the least anticipated conference that turned out to be the most improved and actually kind of fun, uh, the PC gaming conference, which was a disaster for the past three years. Uh, and yeah. they managed to clean up, uh, shorten, dynamicize, and uh, it was actually quite enjoyable. They had weird PC games that were small enough that no one else would talk about them but were really interesting and no one would put them on anything other than PC because they're too small to generate enough revenue to be uh, uh, profitable, probably. There were a ton of games like this man-eater game where you actually play a shark and you have you have like a shark skill tree that allows you to jump more higher out of the water and be faster and like eat people better. Uh, there was this two point hospital, which is basically a theme hospital uh, sequel that isn't just theme hospital. You have like these weird illnesses where you have to treat turtle heads by pop the, popping out the heads of people for which they're stuck into their bodies and monobrow infestation it's coming out full 2018 it was so adorable noita is that weird pixels physics destruction platformer thing that really uh got you rapture rejects oh, that really jumped at me yeah. uh rapture rejects which is a cyanide and happiness joint basically uh it's a battle royale crazy battle royale type game the funniest um, trailer of the whole day it was, it was so good. so many different yeah. things we, we we can't talk about all of them but uh I think the show is has become enjoyable. They've they've understood what they should be doing. Yeah, they finally got it right. I mean, get rid of the dumb couch interview style. Uh, Sean Plot's the right host. You just haven't given him the right format. So this is the right format. It felt a lot less advertising. There was a little of that, but it wasn't too bad. Um, the girl he had with him, I thought was just a great way to do cuts and say, you know, a quick shift to something else was to go to her in the balcony and talk about another thing. Um, the interviews were short, the trailers were interesting, and it really did kind of help showcase why PC gaming is what it is. Uh, this, this broad range of weird experiences that you can't really either get on other platforms or this is where they start and then they take off from here. Um, it was great. It was very much improved. I'm not going to say it's my favorite of the conferences, but it was a billion times better than the last two years. They were yeah. terrible the last two years. They were freaking awful. It was almost like I had to leave and just take a bath or something. and <laughs> To clean, cleanse is, yourself of the... Yeah, this is better than slowly. that, and that made me very, very happy. So it's good stuff. I, I have to say... There's one thing that irked me a little bit. The fact that the, the, the sponsors were weaved into the conference without clear mention of the fact that they were sponsoring the show. Like the, the Acer and uh, whatever the weird duck, uh, Cook Duck was, were very clearly sponsors. But there were a yeah. few games, a few companies that were sponsors of the shows that presented their games as every other developer was presenting their games and they only mentioned which companies were sponsors, you know, at, at 
times during the conference, but not when the games were being presented. That's a nitpick, yes. but it kind of worked me a little bit. I, I didn't like that either. And you didn't see it till the end. Like, yeah. he was like, mm, okay, guys, again, they sure talked Tripwire a lot. Well, because Tripwire is a sponsor. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. A little annoying. Um, not the way I would have handled it. But then again, in a way, it's almost kind of PC-ish to see that I happen. Guess, like, yeah. it's a PC thing to have happen. So... Uh, yeah, it's fine. Like you say, it's a bit of a nitpick, but uh, pick, you know, nits were picked. I get it. I'm with and, you. And there were so many weird PC games again that can only be made on the PC. Like Night Call was this weird film noir type taxi adventure, super stylized thing. Um, th there was, I mean, Neo Cab is also sub for some reason Uber simulators. Simulator seems to be the thing now. Neo Cab is like a cyberpunk setting for taxi ride simulator it was weird um but so many things that made you go oh w wait what is this um and again that that noita thing you i think you basically pre-ordered the moment you saw the the trailer oh i did i went out and got it um yeah. well i i wish listed it because you can't do anything else really but um but yeah like that looks so cool it's, and i love that stuff it's weird it's love like a, a platformer where every piece of the platformer of the, the the stages are individual pixels that have physics attached to them and you can blow you're kind of like a mage i guess you can blow stuff up and when you do like literally half this the 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 screen can fall and be destroyed and that's what the platform section becomes it's very strange and intriguing yeah it was good i hope they keep it up next year Uh, and showcase those kinds of things and, and do this this way. I think this is this bodes well for the future of that event. And I've, I've heard mostly positive from outside of our little group. I've heard a lot of people who really like the way they did it. Yeah. The more uh, that, please, like that too. So before we move on, Hitman 2 is coming out November 13th. Uh, yep. Fans of Hitman are super excited about this. Overkill's The Walking Dead is coming out November 6th, and we did see some gameplay, but it was like, uh, it makes me th think they didn't want to show the game too long. Uh, so maybe they're not. I mean, the idea of having a Left 4 Dead replacement really excited me, especially in the Walking Dead universe, even though it's a little bit, you know, over now, the craze. But the way they presented it didn't inspire a lot of confidence, so... Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to play that game because I like the dev. and But, man, that thing's such trouble development. Let's just hope it's good. I want to shoot a bunch of zombies. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So, uh, it, I'm not super hopeful anymore. And should we talk about Star Citizen Alpha 3.2? Like, I, I guess we shouldn't. Whatever. It's fine. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed I, I know it as well. It's just, you know, some people are getting a kick out of it. So, fine for them. They need to just say, here's a video game you can pay for, and then I'm in. Then I'll check out your game, and on its own merits. It's not None for you. It's not for you. We're still funding it. Why don't you buy a, sh a fake ship for a thousand U.S. dollars? No one's Bite forcing anyone. Yeah, well, they're not forcing me, but they sure are annoying me. I want to put a no <laughs> soliciting. Can we put a digital no soliciting sign up just for that game? Just quit bugging me, and then Fair enough. tell me when your game's done. All right. Uh, I think the next conference is one that you enjoyed. Uh, Sony 
presented a lot of things. Um, well, I mean, not the most things from Microsoft had more things. I get so I guess Sony had more exclusive things. Uh, some of them quite enticing and exciting. The big problem was um, there were no dates for anything. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two didn't have a date. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima didn't have a date. Death Stranding didn't have a date. We had no dates for anything. Um, we're going to talk more about the gameplay trailers for a few of those, but the things that jumped out at me aside from these ones, um, mm. Control is a very strange-looking third-person shooter where it's like trippy and you bend reality, kind of. <laughs> it's very difficult to explain, um, and it was very intriguing. I want to know more about that game. And the other thing that is worth mentioning is Resident Evil 2 Remake coming January 2019. Uh, and that looks like a full remake, not just a reskin or a remaster of the old game. They are reimagining oh, 100%. it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like this is, I, I did myself the disservice or, or maybe service of going to YouTube immediately uh, after that conference or sometime yesterday. I don't remember. Yesterday's a blur. Oh, and check it out. Resident Evil and I went 2? and looked at all <laughs> Resident Evil 2 streams on YouTube. Whew, like, this is absolutely not a reskin. This is a thousand percent a new kind of, like, take on, the, on that particular game. A lot of people's favorite in the RE series. My memory of it is it was a little short. That's the thing I remember back in... Yeah. I bought that game on the PS1. But, but anyway, uh, that was a genuine surprise. Nobody had leaked that. I didn't know that was coming. So yeah, that was cool. I mean, we yeah. had heard about it actually, but um, it's I hadn't I mean, heard at all. I thought yeah. that was I, mean, I went in completely naive about it. So when I saw uh, Leon show up, I went, Whoa, wait, four is that like I started my brain started going all yeah. over the place, and then then it hit me, no, he's a cop. This is this, this is, is two. two, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, two really bothered me at the time because the first one was really clever in its setting, and it very much felt like they did two with a mention again and midway through the development they were like wait we can't have a mention again so let's make that into the city and the city is really three streets before you get to the police station and then the police station is this weird ass mention like thing where you have statues and gems you have to put in their eyes and they reveal secret passages like this didn't i didn't like it but i mean yeah, no it's sure. the same you're exactly right they created another mansion hub just yeah. call it a police station. Exactly. And it was less big. But yeah, yeah. all that being said, it might be an it might be a f good 3D deal. Oh yeah. I mean like, the, the the remaster could be interesting, but um yeah. uh yeah. Neo2 was announced. They have Trover Saves the Universe, which is like written by one of the guys from Rick and Morty, I think. It was kind of funny. Um Deraciné is a VR game from From Software. That is unexpected. From Software is doing a very poetic uh, uh different type of uh VR game. Which by the way, did did we mention the Sekiro From Software game from Microsoft, the Microsoft conference? It looked really interesting. Oh, I think no, we, we had... in passing. There are so many things. Yeah. Um and then okay, let's get to the to the big ones. Uh The Last of Us Part 2, Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding and Spider Man. Um, yeah. uh, go ahead, take your pick. Which one do you want to talk about? A funny sounding list. Um, the Shishima one. What's the full title? Ghost of Tsushima. 
Yeah, that one, the ghost one. That it came, I mean, and we knew about it, but I didn't expect that to look like that. That just looked uh, freaking amazing. Every time I think they're squeezing all they can out of these consoles and God of War is as good as it's going to get this generation or something, they show a game like that and you're just like, oh, okay, next level, what are we doing? Beautiful, amazing. That may be my Sony game of show. Mm. Uh, the one I'm most interested in playing anyway. Uh, that being said, Spider-Man is a, looks like a, totally a must-play. Everyone I've talked to at E3 who's had hands-on said it was amazing, and they think that this is going to be a giant hit, so I'm confident in that. Yeah, it feels But, very Spidey-y, uh, according to everyone who's, who's played it. They say it's the best Spider-Man simulator they've seen uh, to date. So that's very... Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's high praise, because 2 was a really great game back in yeah. the day, and so I'm ready for that crown to be passed to, to a next-gen game. So that's and, great. And the video ended on a cliffhanger as well, where you were... Like, everyone from the raft, which for some reason, the raft, which is the big prison, was in New York City, and, and all the inmates escaped. And this made me very nervous, because it, I don't want the game to turn into Arkham City, where you're Spider-Man and you have to be in a city where everyone is a bad guy it doesn't seem like it doesn't look like that's what's happening and they also had like the tell. sinister six and anyway sure i can't tell yet what they're going to do with yeah. this story but you're right i had that same thought but um the 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 person at the end who that we don't find out who that is uh the, you know whoever rounds out the six uh i think is aunt may and she's naked and has wings that's what i'm thinking <laughs> Um, anyway, that was that looked really great. Uh, I just can we talk? I mean, I know we're jumping around, but Death Stranding for a second. Um, <laughs> sure. What the what the frick is that thing? Like they still we still don't have any idea. I think we got a hint at some gameplay. Yes. And I don't just the uh, walking around with boxes on your back and all that, but like that that clapping weird looking radar that shows ghosty people with their umbilical cords floating in the world, which you then long- have to <laughs> avoid. Uh, yeah. In order that was the to, most to progress, thing we've seen. Yes. yeah, and I assume that that's gameplay. I don't know because who knows? Uh, but the toenail uh, removal simulation, uh, as oh. I like to call it, stranding, is a weird thing, and I am I'm all in regardless of whatever the hell that is, and I'm probably going to be still a couple years away before anyone plays it. But I'm in for that kind of weird. So yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I, I mean, don't care what it is, honestly, I just want to play it. It's yeah, I agree. I mean, it's weird and and interesting, but I it gives me an extreme lost vibe where it's much easier to set a mystery that calls for a satisfying answer than to give a satisfying answer. And when you don't get a satisfying answer, you're entirely disappointed in the whole thing, which I think is what Lost suffered from ultimately, even though the the initial couple of seasons were absolutely fantastic as you know individual works of television art here it feels like he's starting to explain things a little bit without explaining them really like the as you're saying the clapping radar thing is helping you see the enemies that uh, we don't we're starting to see how it translates into uh, uh gameplay and we've sort of seen that you can interact with your weird baby fetus that you're wearing and they are sentient and they interact with you they they like they give you thumbs up when you're ready to go and uh, it's i don't know it, it didn't so weird, man. <laughs> uh, it is absolutely but 
it's not more weird than it was last year or the no, year before, I, right? No, yeah, I, I agree with that. In fact, this, if anything, it was less weird because yeah, there are people exactly, talking. Yeah, exactly, and, and yeah. Like you were saying. So I, I, yes, that that's all true, but they've not, they haven't gone an, any additional uh, distance to explain themselves. Yes, not really. Exactly. So we'll see, mm. but I'm excited about that weird thing. Um, before we move on to The Last of Us Part Two, which I definitely want to talk about because that was kind of a, a hit on the head. Uh, oh, by yeah. the way, Black Ops 3 is free on PS Plus. So if you have PS Plus, go download it. Uh, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. And they got, got a bunch of classic maps, which is yes. sort of an announcement. Yeah. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I did want to mention, so first of all, it is entirely my jam. Um, yeah. I am very much a fan of Japan, and this is square, squarely into uh, the feudal period of like the, the 13th century. I think it's Sengoku Jidai, but I'm not sure. Uh, but it's the invasion, the Mongol invasion. We knew that already. The As you said, the engine is incredible, and... The, the most difficult thing to do in a landscape, a natural landscape, is foliage and grass and leaves and all of that because it takes so much polygons to render properly. And in this setting, it was it seemed like they have some kind of weird magical property that they extracted from the PlayStation, which is basically what you said, Scott, because... You have so many blades of grass, so many flowers, so many, like, some of the scenes, like, one of the most beautiful views of Japan is in the fall, where you have all of the, I mean, it's in every country, but in Japan, it's it's kind of a, one of the things, the redness and the different shades of reds and orange and, and yellow. And here you had uh, maple trees and maple leaves flying around you in the entire uh, uh, scenes, which I don't think I've ever quite seen anything like this. You always see leaves on the ground or leaves on the trees, but here it's like a, a whirlwind of, of leaves as they would act if it was the, the end of fall and you had a lot of wind. It was amazing. And then you had the Mongols that were arriving and, and lighting up the surroundings with fire arrows. And the combat system also looked very intriguing it seemed a lot more deliberate than just swing wildly and and hope you kill the guy. It was like parry and just, you know, make sure you you hit the guy at the right moment in the right way. Um, you had a little bit of a stealth mechanic and a grappling hook to for traversal. It was it looked very, very interesting. Not the most original thing, but a really interesting execution. I was taken by that that gameplay video yeah it was really something and like i said completely unexpected for me so uh, going into the c3 i thought i knew what my game my most anticipated games moving out of this year would be uh that was not among them and it's 100 percent among not only among them it might be right up top mm. uh, i just i loved everything about what i saw there and i love historical stuff like that and i love um the methodical nature of what that combat looked like. Yeah. Uh, I don't want another just kind of hack and slash kind of thing. And it's got RB, uh, RPG trappings and just visually breathtaking. I, it's just, I've never seen anything like it. This yeah. would have been one of those things. If this was a few years ago, we would have all said, whatever, this is CGI. Don't lie to us. Yeah. Like, 
You wouldn't Absolutely. believe it. It's just a beautiful, and we're I just, it's a charm to live in a time where that's possible on a console that came out in 2013. Um, all right, we have to talk about The Last of Us. Um, yeah, we do. The Last of Us, hopefully by now you've seen that gameplay video. It's a little bit over 10 minutes. Um, it's a, a Half of it is gameplay, half of it is uh, pre-rendered, or not pre-rendered, but in-engine cutscenes. Um, first of all, if the sceneries from Ghost of Tsushima were jaw-dropping, the facial animation and skin and uh, of The Last of Us are... I I cannot believe as you couldn't either that this is possible. It the yeah. at some point of, again I'm sure you've seen it when Ellie kisses her I guess girlfriend uh and it's silly way, to talk about uh, these details. Watching, are you watching Westworld right now? Are you seeing Westworld on HBO? Yes. Is that thing you're watching? Yeah. It's uh what's her name um I think her name's Ellie. Her name is Ellie in Westworld. Um Oh. Okay. Uh, the one that's hanging around with Bernard right now, if you're caught up. Oh, is that her? Okay. Yeah, that's the actress. So okay. That's kind yeah, of- I see. Um, yeah. Right. So, I mean, the way their mouths move, it's not like, you know, usually when you have uh, facial animation for a kiss in a game, it's basically like you're holding two dolls uh, two dolls, and you're making them kiss, right? You're like, oh. And they're polygons. And the polygons go through each other. And exactly. And it doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in not this that. One, this one, you, you even had like a little bit of tongue that was coming out. It was like incredible like and and of course this is just an example not it it sets the tone it sets the this is what naughty dog naughty dog is really good for and especially for the last of us but beyond that which is already amazing uh the violence was something that was heavily discussed in in the previous presentations especially the one from um uh playstation experience or maybe it was Paris games week uh last year at, at the end of last year where you had uh, the character that seems to be the mother of ellie that was being hanged and you had this hammer action and and people said this is too much violence without context it feels like snuff film almost uh and instead of backing down naughty dog is doubling down on the violence the violence felt disturbing um in a way that i've rarely seen before and we were discussing it on uh, the live stream with uh you and john and the 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 conclusion we came to i think was you see violence in games all the time like half the games you play you kill a million people a minute and you blow up demons and there's guts and blood everywhere but it doesn't feel impactful at all and what they have created with this one seems to be something where violence is kind of reviled, but necessary. And that's, I think that's something that I've never quite experienced in a game. Even in The Last of Us 1, it was, it was right. icky, but it wasn't as viscerally, uh, um, I, I wasn't rejecting it as viscerally as I was in this gameplay sequence. So it is next, it's next level stuff, man. No question. Like, but this is it is too a, much? I'm not sure. I, I can't tell. Well, all right. So here, uh, this discussion came up last night. I, I feel like, uh, in, in the shortest way possible to explain this, I feel like what they did in that trailer may not have been earned yet because we don't have context from the thing. Like, for example, 
what they showed, I don't think is a linear sequence in the game. For example, them, them at the party and all that, that's, that's part of the game. Sure. Her kissing and then fading into this memory of her going through this brutal experience. I don't think that's part of the game. I like, think it's the, I think it's the way they're, they're handling transitions. Uh, I think it might be part of the game, but well, we it might we'll be. You're, you may be right, but my sense is that that's edited for contact or edited for trailer. Yeah, and it's that, possible. For example, the guy who's she has a choice. She's disabled a, a man who's now no longer really a threat to her, and she has a choice of what to do here. And she decides to behead the dude, uh, hit him once, and then hit him again enough to take his head off. Uh, we don't know anything about him. He may be a menace that entire game, and she's finally having a moment of of revenge with him. Like we, I just don't know, and that's the problem. I trust Naughty Dog enough to know that they're that this is going to contextually all be the right tone for what this is. But as a standalone trailer, it's just hard to see it, and it's not going to help anybody's cause who are trying to explain to people that we don't think violent video games are a problem. I mean, this game well, gives us pause, and we yeah. play lots of violent video games. So it's a really complicated thing. You know, like, you can watch Doom and see blood and guts smeared all over everybody constantly, and you don't think twice because it's a comic book. It's a goofball. It's not... It's realistic-looking gore, but it's... Never once do you go, oh, this Doom game, woo! Uh, we're really challenging our moral stance now. This is different than that. This is us in a context of, of humanity's challenge to find good in, in, a, in a rotten place. And it's, it's really effective. Like, it's really powerful stuff. So I don't, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, you're just, it's almost like you're showing too much in a trailer because the, the trailer's not enough to give me the context. Mm. And I, it's, I need yeah. more of that. I mean, it's definitely possible. I think in in for the first time we saw The Last of Us One, uh, the gameplay. Uh, that's again something we discussed during the live live coverage. There was this the end of the sequence where the the character you were beating, uh, you had him beaten and you were pointing your gun at him and he was putting his hand up and was pleading for you not to kill him and he was saying no 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 wait and. The Joel in this case was shooting him in the end yeah. uh, on the black screen. Um, so it's not like there wasn't disturbing violence there. Uh, admittedly, it was not as much as here. But I wonder if the context is going to make that better or or make it well put it in context. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. It is. I think the the fact that. I'm not sure I want to kill people, but maybe I have to. Again, it's just, I mean, I guess we're repeating ourselves. It's just something we've never really quite had in a, in a video game before where yeah. they're making you kind of responsible for your violent actions in the sense that yeah. You, yeah. you feel the responsibility, you feel the weight of those things you're doing and maybe it makes you understand how you're desensitized to it, not in the sense that you're shooting zombies, in the sense that you have to desensitize yourself to it, otherwise you can't do it. Just like I, what I'm guessing is somebody fighting in a war or, you know, things like that. So yeah, I think it's very, I think there's a great amount of I think artistically there's value there, I guess is what I'm I do to too. I absolutely, I do. And I, and, and, and there's, there's some irony here, some funny irony that, this is giving people who 
should be and who have been told their entire lives because they've been they've subjected themselves to so much video game violence that they're desensitized to real violence and the horror of it and what it means and i'm i'm talking to people who are that mo who are who have real pause about this who are seeing this and going oh man i don't know yeah i think everyone i i think yeah that's a big deal i i think that's a big deal in this in this business and I hope people are nuanced, nuanced enough on the out, on the periphery of gaming to see that. I don't know that they will be, but mm. I hope they have the nuance to look at it for what it is. Because I'm a guy who's used to a whole lot of video game violence, and I'll tell you what, none of that felt. <laughs> happy. Then that was not some happy violence yesterday yeah. at all. So yeah, I think it's it's really interesting that they didn't back down on the violence because if they had, then it would have been just quote-unquote, just like the, the, the previous Last of Us, which would have been fine. I think it's one of the best games ever made. But there is, I, I'm hoping that there is artistic intent with this uh, uh, decision and not just let's make the headlines because we're so edgy and violent that people talk about it. So we'll see, I guess. Right. But still no date, still no release date. Uh, I, uh, at this point, I, I kind of want to say... Don't come back unless you have a date. But uh, right, <laughs> right. I don't want to see any more either. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, you've given me what I want, and I think I know what we're getting into. And I've never seen better kissing tech in my life. Uh, so <laughs> let's hold off on the next bit until until it's done. All right, and no Joel, by the way. We didn't. See yeah, Joel. no Joel at all. Not even the ghost of Joel. There's yeah. a the Asian guy looks a lot like Stephen Yoon to me, but whatever. Yeah, it, it sure was you. weird to have her. I mean, Ellie in the setting where she was happy, apparently, in the beginning, which, again, was a, a very interesting contrast with her anger in the gameplay portion of the video. Well, anyway, happy, so. in a, happy in a way that looks tentative, you know? Yeah, like well, a, not happy, uh, in a setting where she was resting, I guess. You know, she was in a, a, yeah. a peaceful place. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's going to be a huge hit, that mm. game. Uh, all right, last conference of uh, the show before we talk about our game of the show. Uh, Nintendo basically spent a whole lot of time, well, a little bit of time telling you we have a ton of games coming. Uh, some new, some old, uh, some which we knew about already. Super Mario Party coming October 5th, which uh, by, I, this is something very uh, uh, that people won't care about. But I think it says a lot about Nintendo. In Super Mario Party, there are some games where you can uh, use two consoles, two, two switches, and you can set them next to one another the way you want. Uh, you know, <laughs> just in, in, in parallel, one a little bit crooked compared to the other, as you want. And, yeah. and then it lays out the, the gameplay space in relation to the way you've set up your consoles. And I, I was thinking, how are they going to know where they are in relation to one another? Is it going to be like Bluetooth or like some weird detection technology? And Nintendo came up with the most easy answer to this. You just swipe your finger across both consoles. And so it knows, you know, because it's a line, a straight line, it knows where they are. It is so genius. Like, it's the kind of small thing that Nintendo does so perfectly that amazes me. It's, it's, no one is going to notice this, but I think it's the kind of thing that Nintendo polishes so well and finds solutions to problems. So, anyway, that was very personal. 
Yeah, that was pretty neat. I can't tell how all. I mean, all the video game or all the mini games going to have a feature like that, or Probably is it not. just that? It's just that one. one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but um, still, pretty pretty cool. Uh, they're getting Fortnite. Uh, that's not unexpected. Oh, by the way, no Labo talk is another thing I forgot. Then didn't true. There's nothing. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Octopath Traveler. It's getting a new demo, by the way. Uh, different from the old one that was very uh, early access type demo thing. Uh, so new demo available soon. Um, they mentioned a ton of the games that are coming. Oh, Fire Emblem Three Houses coming in spring 2019. Uh, they have yeah. some weird troop formations. Uh, I mean, it's Fire Emblem. Very exciting, obviously. Pokemon Let's Go, they talked about this a little bit. Uh, ton of games, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Splatoon 2, Octo, the solo thing, Captain Toad. I mean, some games we, we knew were coming. Um, but then they spent basically, what, 25 minutes talking about Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Bros.? You think Bros, it's bros. bros. Some bros. people say bros. I say brothers because bros is also dumb, but that's fine. <laughs> All right, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which is basically Super Smash Bros. Uh, Wii U, except it has all of the characters from all of the Super Smash games that have ever existed, and one additional one uh, to boot. It's And they spent 25 minutes going over what is essentially the patch notes of this game, um, which I'm sure is very exciting to the people who are very much into Super Smash Bros., but... I'm not one of those. I am, however, very excited to finally check out uh, a, a Super Smash game. Um, they announced GameCube controllers are going to be compatible, Amiibo compatibility, and it's coming out December 7, 2018. Uh, overall, I think, well, they didn't talk about Metroid at all, which was a little bit disappointing, but it's essentially what they needed to keep the steam from the previous year uh, of the switch which as we know has been tearing it up it is you know they have a ton of games uh, uh, enough original games that it is still interesting and a couple of big hitters super super smash being the biggest one um yeah it was exactly what they needed no more no less and super smash is exciting yeah i it i mean really spent a long time on it but I think that's very fan servicey for people who are into Smash. That was their conference today, and they loved every second of that detailed thing. It's like you, you and I got a really cool Overwatch overview, or somebody finds out that their WoW character is getting all kinds of crazy class changes for an expansion. That's kind of what that was. It was yeah, show exactly. notes, really not show notes, but uh, patch notes. Um, it looks great. I'm I, I skipped the Wii U version uh, and the Wii version. I didn't play either, either of those. I played the GameCube one to death. That's really kind of the pinnacle of the series thus far. It will be fun to see if this is the new, the new high level. Um, and the fact that you can play with uh, GameCube controllers is cool. Uh, that's going to satisfy a bunch of people that think that's the only way to play that game. Uh, but yeah, just in general, Smash Brothers is going to be a big deal for them this year. This is a huge game. Yeah, I think they really... Um... You know, people who don't already have a Switch are already have reasons to get a Switch. It's Zelda and Mario and many others, but essentially those which is going to sustain Nintendo, I would say, for at least a year, an extra year. And not getting a Switch is, you know, there are almost no reasons not to get a Switch. It's just so much 
cooler to be able to play the games on your TV or portable when it's games that are available on multiple platforms and you have those. I mean, yeah, the Switch is a no-brainer. We've seen this in the marketplace. And the people who already have a Switch are getting just enough, you know, Mario Tennis, uh, Aces, Super Smash Bros., etc., etc., getting just enough that you're still happy to have your Switch. So, yeah, it's just very solid, again, from Nintendo. Just a little bit disappointed we didn't hear anything about Metroid. But, yeah, that's that's a minor yeah. thing. Yeah, Metroid would have been nice. That was a big glaring hole. Um, no Labo stuff. Back to Sony for a second. Zero Vita mentions. I mean, maybe that doesn't surprise anybody. Oh, they've stopped manufacturing cartridges in Japan. That That thing is dead. Yeah, I mean, you can still get games, though. Like, damn, yeah, I never bought it. Download anyway. them, and yeah, you can. Sure. It's just, I don't know, it bums me out. <laughs> like I, I, wonder, I wonder if they're going to do something to counter the Switch for the next, I don't know, I, next system, next couple of systems? Well, I don't know. I mean, they've got money to do stuff. <laughs> it yeah. seems like they're in a better position than ever to to experiment in that regard and try to get it right. Or not right, but, you know, do more than they've been able to do in the past. I don't know though. I mean, well, that would be uh, an entire other topic. But yeah, I'll tell you what I thought I was going to happen. That was going to happen during this conference. It just didn't happen. I thought I was going to go in and be convinced to get an Xbox One X. Finally, you, you were going to what? Gonna a, I was going to get an Xbox One X. I thought this would be the. I thought this would be the year where I would have somebody would give me some reason that an Xbox One X would be in my future. Do you have an Xbox at all? Or no, I okay. don't. I held off, so I thought, well, maybe now's the time. Right. Um, right. Instead of that, I'm now convinced I'm probably going to end up with a PlayStation 4 Pro. <laughs> oh, really? But you already have a PlayStation 4. I have a PlayStation 4 that I'll move to the living room or something, and I'll right. get a Pro for me and and play Red Dead that way. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the time I was going to have to make that decision as well. But I don't know. I actually have the whole. I'm still kind of torn across the board on what I'm doing. So but do you I, have a Microsoft 4K TV? Convinced me. I do for well, I do in the so in the office I have a whole capture setup and and my uh, a shared PC display that is 4K that I would use it on. Oh, the TV okay. is 1080p, so which is why I don't really care to get it in there. Um, so yeah, like I could benefit from it in this in this 4K setting, but also, you know, my thinking that well, I'll get an Xbox One X and that'll be Red Dead because there's no PC version at launch anyway. That'll be the best experience, and it may still yet be. So what, but, What? I guess, not changed your mind, but what didn't make you think you were going to take the jump? Because well, Microsoft wasn't convincing enough? Or? Nothing, nothing exclude Like, everything that they showed as exclusives or even third-party, I, I don't know. They just they didn't blow my mind. Like, even like stuff they're showing in 4K Xbox One X, like uh, Crackdown 3 or whatever... Uh, they that didn't even hold a candle to two or three of the Sony games. <laughs> like they don't even look remote. This is the most powerful piece of hardware on the console planet, and those PlayStation games all looked better. And they're running on a, I assume, on a Pro, but the Pro's a less capable machine than the X. And yet mm. here we are. You and, know, and like to be to, just to to uh, answer the people who are probably going to think well but this is just a demo it it might not look like this historically um 
in the past couple of years, we've seen, I, I guess, after the Division uh, debacle where the game was presented and didn't look anything like the actual game. In the last couple of years, all of the games that we've seen uh, that we thought that cannot be real uh, ended up coming out and looking like that. So Yeah, and so I will give you two examples. Uh, Horizon Zero uh, Dawn and Assassin's Creed Origins. And God, and, and God, oh, and of, God War. of War, right, yeah. Yeah, all of that looked as good and actually better to me once i got it i went oh my gosh this looks and this is on a regular old four on a non 4k display without any kind of you know hdr like it's they met they they met the expectation 100 percent for me and mm. so i already know they can do it i just don't know why again it's the meat and potatoes and the weird fish i yeah i'm just getting i'm getting more of that with sony and people are gonna be mad at me and it's fine you can send me all your emails you want no, I, I think I people really know now that people understand yeah. now that that Microsoft has missed the boat. Uh, and by the way, we didn't talk about it too much, but the announcement of the they're working on the next console. I'm not sure what it was trying to achieve, but to me, what that achieves is telling people, well, don't buy an Xbox One because I mean, if you were on the fence, just wait for the next one. Which it's not going to get people to not buy a PlayStation Four. It's going to get people to not buy an Xbox, I think. Which it's right. not going to get many people to do that, but I'm not sure what they were trying to achieve. The buying of studios was enough to get people to understand: yes, we are in this for the long haul, and we're we're working on it. I don't think they needed to mention the fact that they're working on a on on another console, which we all knew anyway. I mean, they all are, but saying it is something different. So it's I don't a very know. odd choice that they yeah. made there to do that. Um, and that's another reason that where I kind of, it gave me a little bit of pause. I think the number one thing they have going for them right now in this current place in this generation is that game pass. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's and really I cool. want that feature. I, if I had an Xbox one right now, I would be totally using that, mm. but I just can't, I just can't justify it. So if people say, well, why don't you get the S and you know, you save a little money and I'm, I'm just half assing it. Like I got to go the right. X or I'm not there at all. So and and since they really don't have anything before the end of the year that I must have on that format, and I've already got, you know, and get Red Dead on a on a pro or even a regular PS4, like I don't, I just can't be bothered. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard uh, call, dude. All right. Um, I get, there. There's some more news coming out uh, every every day now. There's apparently a weird thing between uh, Fortnite uh, Switch accounts and PlayStation Four accounts, like. If you've linked one to your Fortnite account to the PlayStation or the Switch, you can't use it on the other platform, which is oh. very strange. Um, but what anyway, so more stuff happening. Very, very weird. Yeah. Um, I guess it has to do with cross-platform things, but that yeah. is dirty. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I guess it's time. What? <laughs> So that is really dirty. Oh, by yeah. the way, my Diablo 4 uh, prediction completely not happened. So Oh, that. I can't believe that didn't happen, Scott. Let's <laughs> let's let's never talk about it again and only remember the prediction, the crazy predictions you make that end up happening. Yeah, no, it's that. fine. Look, have you ever by the way, one other final comment. Have you ever seen an E3 conference with less Activision? Like that uh, well, was weird to me. I mean, like Activision Bio didn't have anything to show. Um, as well, That's what I mean. They had yeah. nothing. And even what they did have to show normally, uh, it's a huge spotlight at one of the, at least one of the big console things to show 
the latest Call of Duty thing for the year. Mm. That didn't happen That's true, either. Man. That's it's true. just nothing. It's the weirdest thing to me that Activision was basically a no-show at this event. There there was like a tiny Destiny 2, like tiny trailer at some point, but that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is a bit weird. I'm I'm hoping that Activision is doing what Microsoft is doing and striking deals with studios to make more stuff. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, that'd be great. Um well, I guess it is time to discuss our game of the show. Um, the one that made the biggest impression. I mean, whatever. It's just it, it's just a playful thing. It's not like this is the best game ever. It's just asking you and me which game we think we would decide on the completely entirely subjective uh, parameters, which game we would decide would be the game of the show for us. Um, yeah. Do you have an idea, or is it fuzzy? What do you think? Uh, I have two. Two. I'm in. I'm of two minds. I'll give you my top three. How's that? Okay, sure. So, a quick top three list: Cyberpunk, number one. Okay. Um. Oh, is it number one, or it's like top three in no particular order? Let's do no particular order because I because okay. I kind of feel pretty good about all three of these. So, I'm going to say that. Uh, the the samurai deal whose name I know I just don't remember. Ghost like play. a ghost like Starcraft Ghost right Ghost Ghost of Shishimi. Sushima yeah. it's like sashimi Sushi. but a little bit different. Okay Sushima that Su, one two like two two sorry and then third for me is that weird fox <laughs> Link looking game Tunic uh, Tunic okay Tunic <laughs> I like that the little that game. is unexpected but sure yeah. It looked really good to me. And that was the Microsoft conference of all things. But those are my top three if I if I had to pick. I actually think it's a pretty hard... There's a lot of really cool games in development right now. But those are, I think, the ones I'm most interested is, in. Is right Tudic exclusive? I think it might no, be. It's, well, it's PC also, but I don't right, know right. about... Right, right, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Console, yeah, I don't know. I can't... Really, they were so vague about their worldwide exclusive or whatever. They, there was a weird definition to what that meant. Yeah. So I don't... It's, uh, it's console launch exclusive on Xbox One, which means it will be on PC and then later on uh, PS4. Right. Um, and probably Switch as well. All right. So three games, three very solid uh, showings. For me, well, if I had to choose only one, I think I can't help it. I would give it to The Last of Us Part Two. It was so mind-blowing in many of the things it did. And admittedly, it also rests on my love for the first one. So that is kind of a, a big boost. If I have to choose more, it's really hard. <laughs> more than one, yeah. I don't quite know. I would say I'm intrigued by many, but I think Gears of War 5 is one that I'm the most intrigued by because I really want, I love, you know, the first few and I really want that franchise to regain uh, uh, value for mm -hmm. me. So I want to hope that Gears of War 5 is going to do that. And, and I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 also is, it would be in my top three, I'm intrigued, uh, you know, list. But um, yeah, so but yeah. if it was just one, it would be it would be the Last of Us. Yeah, if I, if you gun to my head and say just one, it's probably Cyberpunk because 
hot damn. It looked really good. It yeah. Looked really Last good. of Us is just I'm not I don't know if I'm in the mood for more apocalypse right now. Like the, that isn't fun apocalypse Mad Max style fun. Mm. But I don't know if I'm ready for I don't the human condition falling to bits is starting to wear on me. So I'm trying to yeah i'm trying and that's i I, i'm not people listening i'm not saying oh the world's ending in real life i mean video games are really focused on this right now it's a common thread and i don't know i'm gonna play it but i'm kind of dreading it because i know it's gonna make me feel ways i don't feel like feeling right now i understand no i understand (laughs) that's a completely appropriate response to that kind of uh, experience i think it's very uh uh, makes a lot of sense uh but i guess Yeah, Cyberpunk is in both of our lists, and it was just a trailer, but I, I feel like going and watching it again now. So, yeah, I, I guess that is going to be it for our coverage of E3 2018. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us, everyone, especially if you listen to all of our live coverage bits. That was a, a fun three days of extreme tiredness. Uh, and thank you, Scott, for keeping the tradition alive the Buxels tradition alive yes this is uh, the future of humanity will look back on this day and say ah remember when they did a thing and made it happen and we'll say yes we remember on our deathbeds uh no i always enjoy this it's i don't know how many years this is now four years we've been doing four it. years in a row that is that's crazy yeah insane that really happened fast honestly like what the hell <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, I love it, and it's great. And uh, listeners of both of our shows, you should be listening to each other's shows as well. I think uh, there's something to be found on on Boop that will complement what you're already getting on Pixels and vice versa. So do that, and uh, thank you all for for listening and being a part of, especially the all the live stuff we did. That was a total blast, and your feedback's been great. And uh, can't wait to do that again. Yes, I guess I I kind of can wait because I need to. Re- cover it's been weird <laughs> yeah next i mean maybe we'll do a little bit for for gamescom if there's stuff there or maybe the paris yeah. games week we'll we'll see but it's been it's sure, it's sure. always fun uh so sure, you can sure. find what mm? oh nothing i'm just agreeing with you go ahead excellent i like when you do that uh <laughs> so i'm not patrick on twitter facebook and in and instagram and everywhere uh this show is called pixels and you can find it on your podcast app just go subscribe uh he is Scott Johnson on uh, Twitter. His show is Boop, and you can subscribe to that as well on your podcast app. Do that too if you haven't already. Uh, anything else you want to plug? I think that's it. Frogpants.com, Frenchspin.com. Uh, not Ex- Patrick on Twitter. So that, that's it. I think that's exactly. it. Exactly. We will talk to you soon, and we love all of you. Bye. Bye. Play video games. Bye. Bye. Play play them all. Bye.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.